So, Friday. Hello. Hello, Friday. Hello. How are you? Uh, hello. This is part two of your Adam Hurray socially distant sports bar episode. Hope you're enjoying the guest ones. We've done quite a few now. And this, well, I think I think they've all got like a different tone to them. Hmm. And I think Adam is immediately straight in as somebody who can take, he can dominate and then contribute, yeah. which I like. Perlo. Yeah, ex- ex- that's exactly what he is. You'd like to be dominated. Yeah, that, that, yeah, that's basically what I'm taking from this. <laughs> yeah, okay, fair enough. That's that's good. Yeah, yeah, that's fine. Yeah, that's fine. But he know, he also knows you know knows when to dominate. Yeah, <laughs> when when to not dominate. Sensitive. Yeah, he's a sensitive dominator. <laughs> that's how I would describe Perfect. podcasting. Sensitive domination. <laughs> <laughs> so if if you haven't heard part one, the sensible thing to do is to scroll up on your little timeline and click on Wednesday's episode first, and then click on this one and listen to this one, because part two doesn't make a lot of sense without part one. And then join the Patreon, you can listen all in one go and have an extra half hour. So you get half an hour extra. Every single episode we do, you either get a second round of clips when we do the regular episodes, or you get half an hour extra, which is what we do for the guest episodes. So jump in there, have a listen, and hopefully you enjoy it. So this is part two. Enjoy your Friday. Enjoy listening to this. This is a paid advert from BetterHelp Therapy Online. Now, we all carry around lots of different sort of stress moments, whether it's like big or small. It could be as huge as, how am I going to pay the mortgage this month? Or, you know, I'm, I'm ill, but I don't really want to talk to anybody about that because I don't want to make them feel stressed about it as well. Or, you know, it could be just as, something as small as, how am I going to get to school pickup in time? I've got a meeting. How do I change that? How do I move that? I forgot to cancel that. And lots of the time we keep it bottled up. And whether it's big or small, it can really start to affect us negatively. And therapy is kind of a safe space to get those things off your chest. So whether it's like coming up with plans to, to organize your life a little bit better or whether it's just having someone to talk to about those things you don't want to stress out your mates or your family with. If you're thinking of giving therapy a try, BetterHelp is a great option. It's convenient, accessible, affordable and entirely online. You will be matched with a the therapist after filling out a brief survey and you can switch therapists at any time. Our listeners get 10% off their first month at betterhelp.com slash distant. That's betterhelp, H-E-L-P, dot com slash distant. Let's go with your Gary Lineker in Japan offering. Gary Lineker, of course, played here in two FA Cup finals, a winning one with Tottenham and a losing one with Everton. Gary is about to kick off his season in Japan with his club Grampus 8 in the so-called J-League. Japan is getting switched on to Saka. And the jewel in the marketing crown of Japan's new league. For Lineker and Japanese football, it's a big weekend. It's historic, really. It's the first ever professional league in Japan. They've been working towards it for years. It's called the J League. There's ten teams in it. We're one of them. And um, the players, the people, everybody's uh, 
they're just hugely excited by the whole thing. And when the Japanese put their minds to something, more often than not, they find success. The work ethic is very important to them. And after a lengthy period of voluntary redundancy, Gary Lineker goes back to work tomorrow. Lineker's job description is goal scoring. And in the home of the seven samurai, Japan now has Grampus 8. New team, new league, same old song. Krampus is a legendary killer dolphin that once saved the city of Nagoya. Eight is thought to be a lucky number. And the Japanese think they're more than lucky to have recruited Lineker. In a country where personal honour is everything, it was felt he'd be the perfect signing. As the Linekers survey what lies ahead of them, they know that overcoming the language barrier won't be easy. Finding a route from A to B isn't easy either, but once you get there, there's much to enjoy. And this week, there's been a house guest to show around. For a trip to Nagoya Castle, Gary's grandmother, Alice, was joined by wife Michelle and son George. He's soon to be joined by a brother or sister. You know, don't you? Alice in Wonderland, perhaps. For Gary and Michelle, Japanese lessons underway, traditional customs to get used to. Oh, very much so. I mean, it's all, all the bowing is... Um, you, you don't look at the face, you look at the floor, because the whole thing's, you know, to make the other person feel sort of better than you and, and, and things like that. And, um, but they're very polite, uh, very kind and friendly. They, they can't do enough... Put him down. They can't do enough to, to help you. Um, but at the same time, they, they like to do things properly and there's also the thing, of course, of, about face and, and losing your, your pride and things like that. So everything has to be done right. George seems really happy with the he's, space and the parking. He loves it here. He's, he's really happy. You know, we were back in England for 10 days and um, we came back home here and it was just sort of as though he'd lived here all his life and he was running around and he remembered where his little friends lived and he, he was really happy. Mm. He'd be picking up Japanese words, I would He is. He's bowing already. He's, he's starting to bow. And, uh, yeah, he's, uh, he likes playing with the Japanese children because they're so fond of him because they always want to touch him and follow him everywhere. So he's a big star here. <laughs> like his father. Bigger, I think, than his father. <laughs> I remember this. I remember this going out. Because oh, right. there can't yep, have been... Well, there can't have been much coverage of Lineker in Japan in terms of footage that I'd have seen because the league wasn't covered over here. And... It was the cup final day. The Grampus 8 stuff was all big news, wasn't it? it was, yeah, yeah, massive. Yeah, yeah, but I've seen these guys. I remember these goals. I've definitely watched this feature before. It's brilliant. It's long. It's 15 minutes. Isn't it? Yeah, where that these days? They've invested, though. They've sent Stubbs out. I know. Stubbs I know. has gone to Japan. Yeah. Their money's worth. You know it's serious. Yeah. <laughs> um, it's... It, it was a big deal. I mean, it scored something like 28 goals the previous season. This was the season before First Division came to the Premier League. So... I mean, and but he was clearly on the wane, you know, in terms of his England career and the Euro '92 happened and that sort of stuff. So, so I think he he knew that his time was up. He he wasn't keen to hang around on the England scene, and got a couple of million quid to go and play in Japan, Lovely. which is just a huge. It should have been a bigger deal. It should be remembered as a bigger deal, like a, mm. as a a bold move. But there are some really strange kind of vignettes, little stories of of his time over there because he was treated with the kind of awe that you'd expect of a of a of a foreign player 
at the top of his game. Golden boot winner as well, yeah. wasn't he? So he was a yeah, exactly, big yeah. deal. Um, but he, so he signed for Grampus 8. In, in what Des Lennon calls the so-called J-League. <laughs> yes. It's so weird. That's what it's called. It is yeah, called yeah. that, Des. That's his name. The, the so-called, so-called J-League. <laughs> yeah, scepticism about whether it genuinely is called <laughs> yeah. simply the J-League. Yeah. But yeah, signing for a club called Nagoya Grampus 8, which is a strange name. But yes. they're named after a mythical beast. I didn't know that, so this video. A cross between a dolphin and a killer whale, which is, seemed like two two similar things to cross together. Yeah. Yes. They should be more disparate than that. Yes, that's too and close. Cross between a horse and a pony. Yeah. yeah, they are yeah. Close. <laughs> yeah. A horse, zebra and a donkey cross together. Natural foes. Yeah, na- natural rivals, obviously, but yeah, shouldn't shouldn't mix them. And um, when he got over there, 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 there was a huge kind of crossover between the football clubs and, and their, their sponsors. There was a lot of commercial activity going on, a lot of corporate well, level factory teams showing way. off of Lineker. And um, he was shown, he went to a Toyota showroom, Toyota, I think, sponsored the team. He was shown a computer system and he, he, he said the most Lineker thing possible after looking at this. He went, will this help me score goals? <laughs> <laughs> Just constantly staying in Lineker mode at a whole point. Yeah, obsessed um, with goal scoring. Yeah. How big yeah. is his shirt? We talked the other day about mm. there just going to be more material available in the old. <laughs> mm. That denim shirt is cavernous he's got on. If you watch early Oasis videos, the, sh- the shirts mm. they're wearing are massive. Yeah. And there's, um, there's a really funny video on YouTube where Noel Gallagher watches all his old Oasis videos and talks about them, t- takes the piss. And he becomes obsessed with the size of Bonehead's shirts hmm. because they are three sizes too big. And I, I, I don't know what we were thinking about them, but yeah, Lineker, it's it actually puffs out. It's like he's a and the sleeves puff out. Yeah, it's so weird. Like he's about to do some fencing in about eighteen hundred. I tell you what's funny as well in this clip, and the clip's really interesting. And this is not meant as a slight in any way, but Michelle Lineker speaks in the way that no one speaks these days. But she she sounds it's really like, clipped, isn't she it? She sounds like a sitcom character. Yeah. Like in, in like Terry and June from the eighties. In what way? I just think the accent, the way she the way she's very she sounds quite sort of um I don't Prim sounds like I'm being judgmental. It's not meant to be judgmental. There's a shyness, she, I guess. Yeah, the, yes. She sort of doesn't speak like anyone any footballer's wife would speak these days, I don't think. Yeah. I think yeah. they're just more I mean, media savvy, aren't they? Like yeah, yeah. probably. I guess we underestimate just how infrequently people on camera 30 years yeah. ago. They just didn't yeah, comprehend yeah, that yeah. it might be a possibility. So there's a fair chance that she And never... we often talk in here about that people don't understand with the sports people about having to uproot and, and move sticks. Yeah. Imagine going to Japan 30 yeah. years ago, you know, pre-internet, pre-anything else. It would be completely, completely alien to you, wouldn't it? Language so different, you know, because he, he would have learned Spanish when he went to Barcelona. But it's a harder language to learn, I think, for Westerners than Spanish, for English people than Spanish is. What I, what I liked about it is that I read a, an article about his uh, taste in fashion in The Guardian at the weekend. And they, they said, would you send that tweet again? And he went, yeah. And he's now got a, a reputation, which makes him unpopular amongst a lot of people who used to love him as well. But he's now got a reputation of being almost a bad boy in that, or certainly he has a rebellious streak mm. in that he, he does talk about immigration. Mm. He does talk about politics. And bearing in mind that he is, you know, working for the BBC. That's being pro-kindness is now makes you a bad boy. No, but um, it's, not, it's not being pro-kindness. It's the fact that you're in his position, you're not meant to, 
you you have to be impartial and neutral. No one's meant to know like how Alan you Sugar. to what you think. I wouldn't say that Alan Sugar is as defined by his role at the BBC as Guy Lineker is. So well, he's got a master's called The Apprentice, just about him. Been going for yeah, 10 years. but 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 anyway, but what I'm saying is, it, people do seem to be more pissed off with it. Is a bigger problem, I think, for Lineker doing it than Sugar doing it. Or it has been over the last month or I think so. He got, I mean, he got misquoted as well, though, didn't he? But also, yes, but Obviously also his the intention last... was there, but he didn't he was quite careful on his choice of words. But over the last five or six years, you know, he's talked about Brexit and stuff, and people now know him as someone who's like who's got a slight don't give a fuck attitude. Whereas in nineteen ninety two, he Greasy. was a golden boy of English football who'd never been booked and had never been sent off. And he was I think Lineker calls him Mr. Mr. English football mm. and Mr. England. And I don't think he has that reputation as much. Mm. Anymore, I think it's probably someone like Harry Kane now, but he was known as a bit of a, a sort of goody two shoes in 1992. I think there's a certain type of England football fan that, that won't like him anymore. Yeah, yeah. Oh, absolutely. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But it's taken him 30 years to get to this position where he's caused, you know, it can best be described as controversial compassion. And it's taken him 30 yeah, years absolutely. to live up to the nickname that they gave him mm. in Japan, which is Noble Barbarian. <laughs> <laughs> which is. <laughs> That's like one of those Lineker's nicknames. doesn't come to mind when I hear those words. <laughs> if you get to choose your own nickname, no, that's a sort of nickname like a fifteen-year-old kid would give himself. Yes, yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. What's your nickname going to be? Noble Barbarian. Yeah, <laughs> go on. But like you know, the whole not being booked and stuff. You didn't really see much of his personality in the eighties and nineties. He was just this relentless goal-scoring machine who didn't say anything. You never spoke out of turn. Whereas mm. now. You do know where he stands on Brexit. You do know where he stands on immigration. You do know where he stands on hmm. Partygate and Boris Johnson and COVID and the Conservative Party. Yeah. And it's, I think, nowadays, if you don't remember his playing career, I think you'd forget how he used to be seen. He used to be seen as the sort of safest pair of hands in football. Oh, that's true. Housewife's favourite, wasn't he? He was like that. Yeah, abs- absolutely. Whereas now, I think, much of the day, presenters went on strike on his behalf. He's still immensely popular amongst his... Peers. I just think it's quite easy. His character has evolved. And I think it's quite interesting. I'd forgotten what he was, how he was seen until I watched this. It was sort of brought it all back. My sister fancied him. She used to have a, in his Everton phase, and a Gary Lineker poster on. And she, she only had, yeah. she had him. She had the fellow off Baywatch, not the Hoff. Was it Billy something or other? That all, that, oh, the uh, Billy Warlock. Billy, yes. Well, I know. How the hell did I know? I that? don't like know. A striker in the wow. 1980s. Oh my god! <laughs> she had Billy Warlock and Gary Lineker on the wall. Well, that's only two. Yeah. Wow. I just want to know what happened to his toe. Yeah, yeah. I want to know because yeah. it became a running joke. His toe, but I want to know, like, yeah. medically, what was wrong? Why do we? Yes. Why don't we know? Yeah. Because he was out for eight months. He, yeah. When he deciphered, yes. he had an eight-month spell out in Japan, injured. That's why he quit football. Yeah, and um, yeah, they were actually quite unhappy with him because. Uh, uh, one of his teammates says, uh, we looked at him like fans would. I thought Gary was like a fashion model. I had an image of British players being very tough and strong, but he didn't look like this. And 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 for all their politeness, like, you know, inherent rigid politeness, they finally lost their patience with him. When he finally came back and then eventually announced his retirement, a newspaper calculated his price per goal as, you know, tabloids would do over here. Yeah. And the head of their supporters club at Grand Passate says, I didn't like Lineker. He didn't do his job. We didn't know then how to get angry at football matches. We didn't know about hurling abuse at players. He got off lightly. Wow. Yeah, true, he, true, true. He hasn't kicked a ball since. It's so weird. I can't even imagine him kicking a football. There's a great episode of Colin Murray's podcast where he goes to people's houses 
At home with yes, Con at Murray. home with. Yeah. And Lineker, I think, is the first one. He says, is it true that you just haven't kicked a ball since the day you retired? And he said, yeah, absolutely. And so I think strange, there's a goal yeah. up in his back garden because of his grandchildren. And he yeah. says, well, take a penalty against yeah. me then. Yeah. And then he makes him take a penalty again. It's like the first time he's kicked a ball for 30 years or something. Daft. Please say Fucks his toe again. Yeah. Ah! <laughs> so what was it? Was it a break or a... <laughs> Told you. He's never he said it. He had to have injections in his toe prior to the Cameroon game at Italian 90, I think. And he's clutching his toe in that. He'd had, he just had had problems with his toe. I don't, I don't know if it had been broken or if it had been stamped on. Now, which of the ten it is? I mean, the, t- the Japanese are a tough crowd. I think when I used to grow up in the 80s, watching like Clive Anderson, and they'd show that endurance, the Japanese. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And the stuff they used to go through to win the prize on there mm. was oh, horrific. Insane. I remember yeah. people like being hung upside down against walls having their nipples burnt off with magnifying glasses. <laughs> That's the one that sticks in my mind. Yes. Or sat in like paddling pools full of icy water and drinking pints of beer and the first time a pee is out. Yeah. It was brutal stuff. So if you say you get a bad toe, it's not going to cut a lot of ice over there, is it? No. <laughs> there, there is no prize I want enough to do that stuff. No. Yeah, it was It was uh, Chris Tarrant used to show endurance. And he would just be, you'd have your mouth open at the, at what the so people were willing to put themselves through. I know. It's like the yeah. Physical 100 on Netflix, if you've seen that, the Korean version. Mm. It was just people yeah. hanging from a bar for 15 minutes in tears. <laughs> the end of this clip is is the is a Japanese sports drink commercial. Yes, there's, a, there's an energy drink advert of as well, which is... In which Lineker scored, yes. can only be described as un-Lineker-esque goals for 30 seconds. Yes. <laughs> yeah, I would say all of them. Every single one is not what he's well, he's marketed as something very different. A couple of bicycle kicks, a couple of yeah, into an open goal, not even bothering with a goalkeeper. Not even bothering. Give a bullet headers. Real diving headers. But then finished in Japanese. Here, uh, I always think it shows, particularly the English attitude to second languages, is that he did learn quite good Spanish, I think. And I'm assuming from the... Well, the Japanese place that is Japanese. Yeah, he learned a bit. Yeah, yeah. yeah. And, but um, there's a bit... He interviewed Ronaldo at BBC Sports Personality of the Year about five years ago. And initially spoke to him in Spanish, and the whole crowd went. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> but he does do it quite knowingly, doesn't he? He sort of this way. Like Lukaku speaks six languages, and Pogba speaks four languages. It's uh, it's much more common on the continent. Yeah, most people are thinking you just you've got airs and graces because you've lived in Spain for years and learned the language. Where you <laughs> yeah, we were on there. We were on holidays, you know, in Alicante, and we were chatting to a couple of expats, and they'd been there for 20 years. And I said, oh, have you learned the language word. then? And they said, not a mm. word. <laughs> not been proud not of interested. Yeah, it was Imagine being proud of that. a word. Not and on your Nelly, so mate. proud of it. Things you don't they said, there's it. just absolutely no need, so we haven't and we won't. <laughs> there's okay? no need. So aggressive about it. There is no need for it. 
So we haven't and we won't. <laughs> and we love it here. We love, love it, it here. Love it. <laughs> just just a, a final code great. to Lineker in Japan. I went to Japan on my honeymoon in 2017. Oh, stumbled nice. across mm. um, a football shirt shop in Tokyo. No. And it was it was like Aladdin's cave. It could, honestly, it, oh. every shirt you dreamt of from the last 30 years was in there mm. in pristine condition, covered in plastic on a nice hanger. In all arranged perfectly. Found some lovely shirts from USA 94, flicked through some, and then I found a whole rack of J League shirts. Oh. And I found Lineker's Nagoya Grampus 8 shirt from 1992-93 with a number 10 on it. And I bought it oh. and I have it. Oh, Did you? Oh, yes. yes. I think the same left it oh. there. Well done. Oh, that's beautiful. I love it. Oh, were they expensive? No, they weren't. Just, just they were up. probably, for, for a shirt you'd, be absolutely desperate for you're probably knocking on for about 140 150 quid which in the grand scheme of things isn't a lot for those sorts of prized shirts yeah you can't really mm-hmm. get over here unless you're paying 500 600 so yeah it was a no-brainer i love it i love it oh wow i'm never gonna wear it just keep it in a bag there it is oh <laughs> yes are you a big Linegar fan as a footballer yeah like yeah just as, as a yeah mm. he was my early era of consuming football and yeah i for yeah. for all his Knowing smugness, he, I think he's an. I think he would agree that he is a smug guy. I do like him as a broadcaster, and I backed him all the way in his in his controversy. So yeah, he's every right to be as well. To be fair, isn't he? Yeah, all round Lineker fan, absolutely. And oh, all I drink now is S Cup C one thousand as well. <laughs> <laughs> I, that that's I, what, what is it? One thousand milligrams of vitamin C. Throughout. Is it? Yeah, he was a great footballer, and I I love his broadcasting. I think he's a fantastic mm. presenter. Yeah, he's really good. You watch his early stuff on the BBC. It's so meek. It's 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 so weird yes. that he had to grow into the role. But I guess it's the same for everyone. Oh, it was like a r- rabbit in the headlights. And at Anfield, it was uh, Liverpool's Patrick's turn to show that he truly is a beefy burger. <laughs> <Lovely>. <laughs> That's some lovely stuff there, Al. Keep that. I've got I've got four. <laughs> Keep that for the no, you said that. That's something you said genuinely. It's a direct, really? a direct quote. When Patrick Burgess played for Liverpool, I'm stunned by that. I did not expect that. <laughs> really? Yeah. And at Anfield, it was Liverpool's Patrick's turn to show that he truly is a beefy burger. <laughs> That's shit. <laughs> Doesn't make any That's sense. A Daily Star headline. Yeah. It is. <laughs> yeah, yeah. My clip. I wanted to pick this because I want to know what you think of these kind of videos, right? Because this feels very on brand, and there's a lot of this around now. Uh, this is a clip from the Brian's Gun Twitter account, which we like a lot. And this is just a compilation of footballers and football managers telling us that you cannot give the other team a sniff. And we really didn't give them a sniff. They didn't have a sniff and nothing. We didn't give them a sniff. We didn't really give them a sniff. A sniff in the game, really. And really didn't give them a sniff. Didn't get a sniff or a little sniff. Listen, I'd love to see him. Get a little sniff. No, you don't give him a sniff. What do you do? You give him half a sniff. Really? A couple of little sniffs towards the end there. A couple of sniffs as well. I think once they get a sniff, uh, that just gets them going. The opposition still have a sniff. I think if they get a sniff... It gives them a sniff that they shouldn't really have. Give them a little sniff. A little bit of a sniff at it for, for five minutes. Oh, that's too much. No, 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 no. You cannot give them a sniff. Before I went on, the coach was just saying, keep sniffing around. Sniffing around Jamie Redknapp. Any sniff? I do, actually, yes. So, <laughs> just 
Yeah, I, 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 I love all these things. I got loads of these saved. These brains gone. He's a genius, like a, a proper painstaking genius. And I know his method. How long and it I, take? I, I don't think he would mind me saying, but I feel like I would be betraying. It'd be like the masked magician on Channel Five. Yes, I feel like I would yeah. be betraying his art if I if I told everyone how he did it. So I'm going to leave it to people's imagination. But it's it's brilliant. And the best thing about this video, which is probably towards the more comprehensive end of some of his, where you know, there, there's mm. way too much evidence than you'd imagine in this video for this particular phrase. Is that it seems to be quite an oddly continental thing. Like the whole bunch of Scandinavians just seem to say it and think nothing of it. Yep. You know, give the opposition a sniff. I didn't think it would be, you know, break our borders, but it does. Well, I thought it couldn't get any funnier, but some people saying the same thing over and over again. <laughs> and he does this with all his videos. The way they stitched up Robbie Fowler at the end <laughs> yeah, is yeah, an yeah. absolute piece of work, isn't it? Very good. Very good. Very good bit of work. That's the edge you need. That's the edge. Yeah. That's it's lovely. funny as. It. It's brilliant. <laughs> But we could pick his yeah. stuff every week. So, you know, yeah, I mentioned yeah. earlier in this podcast about that book that came out in 2004, The Football Lexicon, and I was so annoyed that it came out before I had the opportunity and the and the, and the the wherewithal and the resources to do it myself. This is essentially the same principle. I'm really annoyed that he's done this. He seems like a lovely bloke. I've spoken to him many times, but I really wish I'd done it first. This is what I wondered. And that's it. Furious. Yeah, I, I, I did wonder because obviously, obviously you, you know, this, this is jumping on the back of a lot of stuff that you've started. And I, I, I often wonder whether you're sat at home looking at these going, fucking, of course they say that a lot. Oh. Of course, goalkeepers bounce the ball before they get long. I know this. And, that, and that's a perfectly good reaction. But once you stitch it together 58 times in the space of a video, it suddenly becomes a completely different beast. And it, and, uh, and it, and it's, yes. and it's, he's cutting right to the core of, 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 of what football is, which is just a recurring set of patterns that people don't realise they're doing. So he's, he's nailed it. Absolutely nailed it. I wonder if it influences people like if you've seen yourself on there saying uh have a sniff or you know um or th- he does these cliches all the time doesn't he on, on brian's gun i wonder if people go back and say fucking hell i do i do say that quite a bit i'm gonna stop doing that in interviews i wonder if it's changed behavior after it's so ingrained this well. stuff though so hard to change that's the thing isn't it um, yeah there, i mean there isn't a better phrase in the football language for that very particular scenario I mean, it's, it's a very specific exactly. thing that that phrase that very innocuous phrase it is, is saying it's yeah. saying You've yeah. given them a sniff. You know, we kept that yeah. team at bay and they barely got a, a half chance at goal. That's what it's saying. And a sniff is what it means. It's great. It's brilliant. Yeah. But when did that become what it meant? Because a sniff has absolutely fuck all to do with creating half yeah. opportunities to score a goal. I love Distant it. Relation. People have been saying it certainly for as long as I can remember. Yeah, it doesn't feel like a modern thing. And not in just a football context. You know, something like... Wait, I would never sniff at that. Football languages changed... Like the mm. press, mm. for instance. No, I don't remember anyone saying that until about seven or eight years ago. No, no one ever mentioned the, the press when I was. You, you, you were. That's in the high press. Yeah, you, yeah, you would. Right. Um, you closing down is what people used to say for the press. Yeah, which is we're we're a team that closes down quickly, and then it became hunting in press. packs. But but you know. Hunt, it's really easy to become flippant about this, but it, it honestly isn't the same thing. And I, 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 I don't need to defend the the jargon at all. Really, it, it exists for a reason. It, it exists because yes. we became suddenly more obsessed with the methodology of football managers, and this this stuff has, has kind of spilled out of that. There's no really other reason for it. And I, I don't. I, I like this jargon. I think it's perfectly accessible. The fact that there used to be a phrase that 
similar to it that we used before that actually was longer and took more time to say is absolutely fine. The press is a really easy concept. And yeah. there are so many sort of Dean Saunders of this world who are railing against it for, for almost no reason. Like it's yeah. complete nonsense. It's a, a massive straw man argument. You went through about 15 of them on TalkSport and it was all the stuff I was told at under 12s and then the modern equivalent. Mm. And I don't know why they're so pissed off with it. And a lot of members, a lot of footballers from that generation aren't pissed off with it and just get on with it and accept that football's changed. But some people don't like language changing. But with a sniff... There's no, there's no, there's no analytical football jargon equivalent of giving the opposition. Maybe XG is XG related to giving the opposition a sniff. I suppose it is. If you, if your XG for a match suppose, is lower yeah. than naught point, the sniffometer. Why do you call <laughs> XG what the sniffometer? The sniff-o-meter. If you give, if you, if you <laughs> muster an XG as a team collectively lower than naught point yes. three per game, I would say that that qualifies as not getting a sniff, being given a sniff. <laughs> Point yeah. three of a sniff. There you are. Point three of a sniff. <laughs> we give them point three of a sniff. Like, they used to call it not yeah, giving them a sniff. <laughs> <laughs> no, it's point three of a sniff. How yeah, can you have that? But yeah, the best thing about Dean Saunders was saying this this language is all born of, of um, people who have swallowed laptops. <laughs> that is a great right, sentence. Yeah. Relax, Dean. I don't mind that the jargon exists and I don't really mind the backlash either. It's fine. No one cares. It doesn't matter. It's good to have more words. Yeah, for both are fine. It's good. <laughs> More but also, this is actually using this is a, it's an economy of words. Isn't yeah. it? it's just it's some some yeah. concept in as few words. as it's possible. It's not that fancy language at all. It's it's really odd how it how the backlash no. has begun. But I think it it, it really is. It, it, it's it's a deeper anxiety for the Dean Saunders of this world that they're being pushed out of football and not getting jobs and not getting and maybe broadcasting yeah. roles even to an extent. I'm got a sniff these days. That's a problem. Yeah, except not getting a sniff. <laughs> just can't get a sniff. In terms of these videos, though, my favourite one is one of yours, Adam. It's the summing up of the first two weeks of Parenthood (laughs) with a collection of uh, clips from Graham Taylor's The Impossible Job. Yes. Oh, absolutely. Which is so funny. It is very good, that. You've got to be mentally tough in this job. Wanker, wanker. (laughs) It's just, it's such a funny video. And I, uh, I come back to it very regularly. Go behind the scenes on that one, having to cut it together on my phone while sat on a toilet at like 3 a.m. Yeah. I do. Yeah, so this I is the only first. respite I'm going to get from these horrible first few weeks, magical first few weeks. Yeah. <laughs> no, it's really, it's High really blood pressure. Good. But yeah, it really did sum up. The last time I'll ever need to reference that documentary, I think. It's a real closure for me on that. I've moved on. Yeah, but it, yeah. Yeah, it really did sum up my uh, my feelings about it. I think the first documentary we chose, or one of the first that documentaries we chose, yeah. I think it was. I think it was the first episode we ever did, I think. Should, should we do a deal then, Adam? Because this has been wonderful. And we've, it's been brilliant. I've really enjoyed this and having you on has been fantastic. Yeah, thank you, mate. So if Mike agrees to listen to two of your episodes, okay, Will you listen to two of ours? Absolutely will. I, I, I just need to find there one that go. isn't three hours fucking long and then I'll listen to it, I promise. That's a fair point, that. Yeah, I, can, that I can recommend the one where I have to kiss my Uncle Peter. That's yeah. a, yes, that is a good one. Yeah, I'll, I'll dig good, out. The, good recent yeah. one where I have to yeah. kiss my Uncle Peter. Didn't have to, he wanted to. Not very much sport in it. Well, there's very little, very little sport in it. Uh, we'll, we'll, we'll go, you can listen to one of ours and I think the equivalent would be two and a half of yours. <laughs> yeah, sounds about right. That's a good trade-off. Yeah, we'll go time-wise on it. That's good. Sounds lovely. Sounds lovely. I, I, I agree wholeheartedly. That is this week's Socially Distant Sports Bar. Hope you have enjoyed. If this is your first time experiencing it, 
then thank you for having a go. Thank you for listening to the episode. If you're a particular fan of Adam and he has brought you to our feed, then welcome. Like I said at the start of everything, if you like what you've heard, I think the pint-sized episode, so look on the feed for Pint-Sized Distant Pod, little short snippets of what we've done over the years. I think you'll like those if you enjoyed what you just listened to. So have a listen to a couple of those and then give a full episode a go. That's what I would do if I was you. Adam's going to give an episode a go. You give an episode a go. I think that's worth it. So thank you very much for downloading. We will have another one of these for you if you are a Patreon on Tuesday. If you are a regular listener, Wednesday and Friday are your days for the Socially Distant Sports Bar. If you like those little snippets, every single Sunday you will be getting a pint-sized episode in your inbox, something from the archive, something that helps you go off on a journey. If you look on the episode description, we've got the episode that the little snippet is from. really helps you out. So head back, listen. Thank you very much for listening, and we will see you again very, very soon. Mm-hmm.